Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another exciting night of NBA basketball. With the first pick, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State University. Chandler again. Oh, what a block by Max Seal! My goodness! The Pistons are digging in. They got the depth. They got the big men. They got the better basketball team. No doubt about it. There's Jaden playing the passing lane. Sky's a jam. Dynamite dunk and the crowd loves it. Pistons need a three and they have just under three seconds to do it. Here's Chauncey Phillips. Here it is. Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mike Inguilano, and joining me this week is Aaron Johnson. Aaron, we have not podcasted in like two months at this point. I, I almost forgot how to do it. It's been a very long time. It's been a very long time, but I'm very happy to be back. We got a, a very fun uh, discussion to have today about what Kate Cunningham is doing in the national spotlight uh, we've got some some stuff to talk about with win totals for next season. I'm very, very excited, and I'm ready to get into it with you, my friend. Yes, some positive news. That's It's going to be a very positive podcast, uh, which is what every team wants at the waning moments of the offseason is, is optimism. Uh, and we're going to definitely be able to provide that for this episode. Jasper is not here. It's worth mentioning that today is his birthday his 39th birthday um happy birthday jasper (laughs) happy birthday Uh, buddy naturally he is uh a a dmp jd this week um jd being jasper's decision so i want to wish him a happy birthday uh and that the og crew can take it from here this week uh as we slowly move towards the beginning of the regular season. Uh, it's already basically the, well, it's still kind of early August, but we're almost at the middle of August, which means training camp is right around the corner. Um, and training camp is already here for the NFL, which is going to be the next big uh, meteor to crash into the sports earth. And you know, what comes with the NFL season. And this is, this will be interesting for us here in the great state of Ohio that finally gets sports betting. Uh, is that we can now bet on NFL games, including the lovable buffoons that are the Cleveland Browns. And I'll certainly be using our sponsor this week, Bet Online. And Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. And by more, it's uh, almost football season. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online. Again, that's B-L-E-A-V, like the uh, network of our podcast, BELIEVE, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. Aaron, we have at least a positive topic to talk about today and positive topics and the Pistons have, you know, have it's not been an easy summer for that from uh, not getting a top three pick in the draft to 
the entire regular season to the free agency that we're, I know that you and I and Jasper as well are kind of down on the Pistons offseason a little bit, but we have, you know, you know, the Pistons are going to make the biggest jump from internal growth. Um, we all kind of anticipated that even before the offseason. You know, this team will grow by growing up and namely Kate Cunningham being healthy and able to play. Um, and we got a really a national story highlighting that um, Kate Cunningham and Jalen Duran uh, have both been at team at USA camp, part of the select team, which is for the uninitiated, the team that essentially uh, practices against the full, I guess, senior team USA squad to, um, sort of help them prepare. Um, and Cade was essentially the Luka Doncic uh, fill-in because of their size and positional uh, uh, spot and, you know, just general skill set. Uh, and Cade was cited by, me- I mean, high-end media, uh, you know, from larger news outlets uh, across the country as, being regarded as like the best player on the floor. And it ended up leading to a select team victory versus team USA on the first day of the scrimmage. And that's not uncommon that the select team sort of comes out a little stronger. And then on day two, the more senior squad kind of takes care of business, which is, and which is what happened here as well. But Kate being able to get to his spots on the floor reportedly um, had a great two man game with Jalen Duran, which we hope to see in the regular season in a Pistons uniform. Um, but Cade playing in a Luka Doncic role, we've used the term heliocentric a lot to describe him. He sort of commands the offense, commands attention. And it's why uh, us on this podcast have been so adamant about putting shooters around him, because once you do that, it forces defenses to really think uh, twice about leaving Cade to go cover shooter or to leave a shooter to cover Cade. Um, Steve Kerr, who's the head coach of Team USA, even said Cade looked great. The injury is clearly behind him. So it's great to see him healthy, and he's a guy who can control a game from that point guard spot with the size and physicality. It's good to see him looking so healthy. So I remember writing the story for palaceofpistons.com about Cade having the leg injury and how disappointing that was. doesn't seem like it was that long ago when I wrote that story. Uh, here we are, him healthy, him playing well, and him getting some national attention for it. So what are your overall thoughts on on seeing, you know, the national spotlight shine on the Pistons? Two most, you know, arguably the two most exciting players on this team. You know, Mike, I, I first want to start with the the comment that you made about uh, it feeling like it hasn't been that long since you wrote that Kate Cunningham injury article back during the season. I'll say from my point of view, it's been – uh, forever. I mean, not having Kate Cunningham on the court, not being able to watch Kate Cunningham all last season, suck the joy, sucks a lot of the excitement out of last season for me. So uh, to hear that he's back and to see him performing, to see uh, the types of plays uh, and the possessions that he's having against really, really good competition is is really, really encouraging. It, it's it's relieving. Um, it's been a very long time since we've been able to see Kate Cunningham play. Uh, his circle and him have chosen to be pretty uh, quiet and closed doors when it comes to releasing not just information, but film itself of his recovery process. 
And so this was outside of a few short uh, workout videos that we had gotten, you know, probably just a month or so ago. Uh, this was really our first chance to to see where Kate Cunningham was at. And I mean, sh sure as hell, he lived up to the billing, the way he held his own, the types of plays that he made, the talk coming out of that camp. This is not something to scoff at. I mean, we've heard about Team USA practices before. I get that's a little bit different than maybe just the select guys going up against the the Team USA guys. But we've heard about the intensity, the comp compete levels, and things of that nature, uh, you know, when it comes to Team USA basketball. And for him to go out and 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 be the Kate Cunningham that I remember, the guy that is, is going to get to his spot no matter what. He's a maestro. He's a cerebral assassin. When he decides he wants to get to a specific area or a certain spot on the court, he's going to get there one way or the other, and he's going to beat his opponent in doing so. And uh, just to see the film of him, uh, it's really, really encouraging. It's it's exciting because, you know, yes, it's it's that that middle of August. The nice thing is we do have the FIBA World Cup this year for someone like me who enjoys, you know, that kind of stuff. It, it, it's not as dead of a point in the offseason as it could be because – we do have games starting back up again for 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 the FIBA World Cup, but in that dead deader point of the offseason, it's really really encouraging uh, to get to see Cunningham. And you know, obviously, I I stated before that I really wished he would have played uh, on Team USA. He was offered a spot on the roster. I it would have been I would have really really enjoyed it, and I think it would have been good for him. But I understand again why he decided not to. So, but to get this film and to to hear the coaching staff the media that's privy to to the scrimmages, the players talking about just how good Cade was, the fact that he was the best player on the court, like that says a ton to me. And it's really, really encouraging because let's face it, Cade Cunningham is still the most important thing for the Detroit Pistons. He is the most important player. His return to the court is the biggest factor relying on success for the Pistons long-term whether they're good next year or not Kate Cunningham getting healthy and, and getting back on the court so he can continue to grow into uh you know the player that we all thought he could become when he was drafted with the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft like that is super super important it's more important than any of the picks the Pistons made this summer any of the trades or free agency signings the Pistons have made over the last few years Kate is number one above all that by far so for him to be back and to be drawing this praise, it means a ton, and it's very, very exciting to hear this. He is the biggest acquisition, essentially, this offseason, is getting him back healthy. And he was quoted uh, by ESPN's Tim Bontemps as saying that he feels great. Um, he's happy to be here. He feels healthy again. His, he says his leg isn't a problem. Uh, that's the biggest difference. He can play freely. He's not thinking about, you know, a potential injury and whatnot. So appears to be quite healthy and feeling good. Uh, you know, he, he he does have the size of um, a Luka Doncic, which is enticing. I mean, he's a big point guard. It's just how it is. He 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 has a unique skill set um, that is very enticing. Uh, and it makes him a good international type of player, being able to, you know, have that size and be a point guard, be able to, you know, guard one through three, maybe one through four, depending on the matchup. Having him healthy is going to be huge. And having him healthy changes the dynamic of the offense entirely. 
Um, it gives the offense a gravitational force. Now he's not hasn't been like a world beater of a shooter necessarily, but he also hasn't had a whole lot of space to shoot based on the personnel that the Pistons have had around him. Um, and I don't think they necessarily did an, anything this offseason to sort of quell that because your two shooters are, you know, probably both meant to be the three or the four, uh, potentially the four at this stage in Joe Harris's career. So I'm not sure if they are going to be able to maximize Cade fully this off or uh, this upcoming se- this upcoming season based on this offseason. Uh, but having him healthy changes the dynamic of the offense completely. Um, and having a two, you know, seeing a little bit of two-way time with Jalen Duran is really exciting as well. Um, Duran was arguably the most impressive Pistons rookie last year. You know, Jane Ivey had a, a, a nice finish to the season, but Duran was more consistent throughout the entire season, showed some flashes of being one of the better young centers in, in the league. So to, you know, to see the two-man game between them, really encouraging uh as as well so in terms of like next season seeing that two man game with Cunningham and with Duran and you know it's it's going to be a big deal for whichever center is playing with Kate you know it's going to benefit Bagley it's going to benefit Wiseman as well um what are you looking for with Cunningham and Duran uh heading in to next year are are your expectations like on the rise now after uh, a couple of good showings here with Team USA. I I wouldn't necessarily put it that way. I I think those two are are linchpins to the Pistons' success. You know, bef- before Team USA camp, uh, I will say that you can make an argument. Duran is probably you can make an argument that Duran is the second most important piece behind Cunningham uh, on this roster. Uh, you could say he's he's more important than. Jaden Ivey or Asar Thompson or, or anyone else, Isaiah Stewart. Um, it's 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 another good thing that Cunningham and Duran had great chemistry at this camp. And you know, for for a, a duo that really didn't get to play together uh last season in Detroit, they looked as if they had a full season or two under their belt. I mean, this was something that was apparent with Cade Cunningham, and it was one of the main selling points and why he was such a big-time prospect was this is a guy that could pretty much play with any type of player and, and make them better. I mean, we saw it with Marvin Bagley when the Pistons acquired Bagley at the deadline uh, it, during Cunningham's rookie season. Like, you gave Cade Cunningham a big that could could jump and elevate at the rim and, and, and play in pick and rolls, and Cade Cunningham was spoon-feeding him opportunities. And you know, when you're taking a much better young player in Jalen Duran on both sides of the court compared to Bagley, and you're putting that in Kate Cunningham's pocket to work with, like that is a, a, a very exciting tandem as you build out this roster, where in my mind, I don't think that this roster is, is built properly. I, I don't think all of the pieces fit together. Well, uh, Cunningham and Duran are, are, are hand in glove and, you know, it's 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 not a surprise that Duran was receiving rave reviews alongside Cunningham at camp. I mean, he was one of the biggest players at the camp. You know, Team USA is not necessarily the hugest, uh, but they do have some centers on the roster, and they they uh, they do have Walker Kessler on the roster, another you know last year rookie that has a spot on the main team over Jalen Duran. But 
Dern was out there and, and getting rave reviews about his physicality, his size, his strength. He was finishing plays with Cade Cunningham. Like both of these guys having a strong camp maybe doesn't elevate my expectations for the team next year, but it does give me faith and confidence in both of them continuing to develop and, and being you know, franchise pillars for this organization moving forward. Yeah, I th- I think having, well, it's going to be hard to see what Ivy looks like with Cade, but you can clearly see that Duran is is one of the core uh, pieces moving forward. And there was some discussion in the offseason about teams being interested in Duran and would the Pistons move on from him? You know, why is James Wiseman here taking time away from him? You know, they 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 played some bizarre four or five time together in the summer league that I, I don't even know who was at the four and who was at the five. It didn't matter. It it, it did not work uh, and it did not look right. But having a young big, I mean, we just saw Bam at a bio uh, who was, a, you know, a pretty, a pretty decent comp for Durant. Just saw Bam at a bio go to an NBA finals, the size, the hands and the, uh, the, the good instincts translate to what Jalen Duran's game is. So to me, um, that's an enticing comp and to see him play well, you know, as a very young guy, um, that really is encouraging heading into next season where he's, a you know, I, I would hope he's expected to be starting. He's going to be playing with Cade and, and Ivy and, and, uh, you know, a, a more, I don't want to say complete roster because it's not complete. It's still kind of kind of janky, but a healthy roster. And now we can really see what he can do. Because if if he could play this well, um, you know, being a uh like like the lone young guy on a team that was very injured like last year, play well next year with or or you know, even better. The expectation should be maybe a little higher with him playing next to Cade and um Really, it, it should raise the expectations f- that that floor for everybody. Uh, but seeing him play with Cade is enticing. Now, I, I'm very excited to see what it's going to look like when the rest of the team is healthy. You have Jaden Ivy that can get downhill, uh, you know, as well. You're going to have Joe Harris and Bogdanovich who are able to, you know, spread the floor a little bit. It it, it will be more interesting. Not saying that they're going to come out and be world beaters all of a sudden, um, but they they should look and feel significantly better. Um, so it's super exciting to see and, and, and to do it in a, in a way that gets, you know, national spotlight attention, gets ESPN's attention, right. gets, uh, you know, the athletics attention. It's just really exciting to see. We've needed some of that good news, um, like that. Uh, we have, we have needed it for like two years. It seemed you couldn't have hoped for a, a better select camp or team USA camp for, for the two Pistons there. I mean, they got all of the attention, and when Kate Cunningham is drawing these these rave reviews, it's the type of reassurance that I, I'm sure a lot of Pistons fans were were looking for after not being able to watch him play last year. I mean, you know, the Pistons are are these these former number one picks. Kate Cunningham is not talked about in the same light as as an Anthony Edwards or a Paolo Bancaro. Like 
last season really did a number to his his reputation from seemingly maybe not the smartest people in the league. I, I I've said before from what I've been told, you know, the league is is very well aware that Kate is going to come back with a vengeance this year, and people are are watching in anticipation because they're expecting big things from him. But the the more casual viewers and and maybe some of the media that's not as uh you know well versed and and is is as national as some of the bigger names are like they have not brought up Cade Cunningham as and 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 some of it's fair to him missing last season but he's not talked about in the same sense of you know these past number one picks and I think if you're a Pistons fan who's maybe a little bit worried about that they're not hearing as much about Cunningham for him to go out and have the camp that he did and for that to be the, the 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 video showcasing what he was doing, I mean, then you get the quotes from Steve Kerr and and all these other guys, and it's it's very very encouraging. You, you couldn't have asked for more from 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 Cade and and Duran and Camp. We've talked quite a bit about Cade and, and Duran, um, and sort of alluded to how the team should be better next season, and and they should be better next season. Our good friends at Bet Online have the Pistons win total for next season at 27, um, which would be a 10 win increase, which honestly will be pretty impressive. Um, I mean, I think that 27 wins is, you know, pretty poor uh, and, you know, compared to the rest of the league, it still is, but 10 win increases is pretty dramatic. Do you, Aaron, do you feel that 27 wins is right of, about that right number like do you think they're going to go over or under that um i i think they're going to be under that but just barely like 25 ish 27 wins is is you know certainly the goal a 10 win increase like i said is nuts but i'm anticipating some assimilation uh issues early on they're they're super young you've harped on it for a while that you know they have to play vets they can't just roll the kids out there and let them get curb stomped by you know a veteran team that could pick them apart so they're but but they're still gonna be very young young teams make mistakes a star thompson's look great but that doesn't mean it's going to translate immediately um from the summer league to playing you know the philadelphia 76ers or the defending uh conference champion heat it's going to take time do you think more or less than 27 wins uh, for Detroit as their roster currently stands. Uh, certainly there's more things that could shake out with Dame uh, Lillard and James Harden potentially being on the move. But uh, right right now, do you have them at more or less than 27 wins? I have them at less. Um, like you said, I think that's a, it's a, it's a close number. I think it's a, it's a good number. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm with you about 25 wins. Um, you know, if they get over, maybe it's 28, 29 wins. Uh, but I have them under, right? I think, and it's not because of Cade and, and Dern. Like those two guys are not the reasons why I have them under uh, the national media while talking about Cade Cunningham and his performance at select camp, our team USA camp also mentioned what I've been saying that the Pistons have put an absolutely abysmal fit of a roster around him uh, outside of Cunningham and Duran and Jaden Ivy. You know, nobody, nobody else knows what's going on with this team. Boyan Bogdanovich is in a trade rumor every other day. The Pistons have committed significant money to James Wiseman, to Marvin Bagley, 
and now to Isaiah Stewart. And I, I think Isaiah Stewart's the cleanest fit there, obviously. I think he's the most talented of those three. But, you know, they're paying Wiseman up for, for, still on his rookie contract from Golden State. That's about $12 million. Marvin Bagley's getting $13 million a year. Uh, then they drafted Asar Thompson, who had a, a good summer league, but has some some glaring issues that, you know, on a team that needs some shooting, uh, he can't do that. Yes, he's a good defender, but when the Pistons play so many other players that can't space the floor, it's it's hard to see him, you know, having as much of an impact as he maybe could have if he was on a, in more lineups that were properly spaced. They traded for Joe Harris using most of their cap space to get Harris, but we're already seeing stuff from beat writers who a lot of their writing is coded with what they know and from conversations with the team and that Joe Harris is out of the rotation. So, you know, Joe Harris could in theory be a shooter for your team, but he's not currently in the rotation, it seems like. And that's a big chunk of the cap space that you spent this offseason. So while Kate Cunningham is going to, to immediately make this team better, and, and there's going to be some internal improvement from guys like Jalen, Jalen, uh, Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey, this team, the fit, the pieces, they don't all work together well. And I, I think they can be better than they were last year sure as hell hope they're better than they were last year but i i still don't love the construction of this team and it's it's missing some some pretty glaring stuff and the fits wonky with a lot of their guys i mean it's you put a lineup out there of your core pieces with Cunningham, ivy asar thompson jalen duran and you know you can put isaiah stewart in as the fourth guy uh, it would be better if you put in Bogdanovich just in terms of thinking of of off, offensive spacing, but you have to admit that it's either you're either going to be deficient shooting wise, or you're going to be deficient defensively, and uh, those are two very very important skills to have in the NBA. And I, I just I, I just don't love the construction of this team. I think they're they're committing too much money to to bigs that they shouldn't be committing that money to. Um, and I don't think this team really made any moves this off season that, that pointed to me and said, Hey, they're, they're, they're actually going to take a shot at it. You know, what we're hearing from the outside is, Hey, the Pistons are hoping to make a playoff run, but that's kind of what we were hearing last year. And we saw how that went and how they managed that. So, you know, I get it. People are going to complain in the YouTube comment section. They're going to bitch and moan, but I'm expecting under, and it's a prove me wrong type of situation. I, I'd be happy for them to prove me wrong. I don't think they will, though. Yeah, I think it's ultimately just—it's ultimately just very difficult to make ten win leaps unless you are the 2014 Cavaliers getting Kevin Love and LeBron James, in which case your expectations are raised immensely. It's difficult to make very few changes in an offseason like the Pistons did and rely on the growth internally to completely flip your team in one offseason. You're basically relying on guys who are rookies and sophomores, and Kate only played 12 games last year. You can't rely on that youth to just come in and lead you to a 10 win increase. I mean, there are guys that there are, there are teams that have, you know, superstars or, you know, not just rookies come in after missing a season and they only have a marginal increase to have to accept, to expect a Thompson, Cade Cunningham to 
flip a team around a, a 35 win squad with even with Monty Williams. It doesn't matter. It's too difficult to be in that sort of mindset. A 10 win increase. Look, if they win 27 games, some people would be like, uh, hello. If they win 27 games, that is a that is some great growth. I mean, it's gonna look just kind of trash, but I mean they are that's that's massive growth. And and I know that Monty is a big hire and the expectations are definitely raised and Cade raises those expectations too. You know, listening to the Hoop Collective podcast, ESPN's uh podcast with Brian Windhorst, both Tim McMahon and Tim Bontemps noted that the amount of bigs that the Pistons have on the roster, coupled with the number of point guards they have, makes this team ripe for a trade. And if some team comes in and offers a first-round pick for Bogdanovich or comes in and scoops up Wiseman or uh, Gillian Hayes and starts to pick away at the depth a little bit, you know, this this team is going to go through a bit of a transition. I, I'm expecting some moves that shake up the roster. You have to account for some sort of some level of injury because they've dealt with it for a while. Cade's dealt with injuries. Isaiah Stewart's dealt with injuries. And there's going to be some growing pain. So to expect 30, even 32 wins, I mean, you're, you're almost doubling your win total year over year for a very young team. That's very difficult to do. And you're right. We may get trashed in the comments for saying this, but this is just realistic. Hey, I would love to be proved wrong by all means. Cade Cunningham, if you are listening, please prove me wrong and go out and win 40 games uh, with Detroit coming off of a 17-win season. That that would be awesome. Um, the reality is, is that it's just really difficult to do that. And the Eastern Conference is still a, you know, it's still a pretty tough conference, um, especially if Damian Lillard is coming in, you know, as well to a team that was already a conference champion. Um, it's it's unrealistic to think that they're going to flip the script and win 30 games. I think 27 is probably should probably be the goal. Um, I I think it's going to be one, two, maybe three games below that. And look, a a seven to 10 win increase is still something to be excited about. And they're once again, going to have like one of the top five uh, highest amounts of cap space available to the next off season. I know we talked about kicking the can down the road uh, again for another off season, but they're still going to have, a ton of cap space next off season. That's still going to leave a bunch of options available uh, to them, you know, to build on hopefully, you know, between a 27 and 30 win team. So not all hope is lost if they don't come out and they're not straight gunners, but it's important to have those tempered expectations. This is still a young team. They're still going to be very exciting with a ton of young talent and a veteran coach that knows how to coach young guys that can't be understated Monty Williams knows how to coach young guys. He did this in Phoenix. Those Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges uh, bubble teams, that team, I think, won all of their bubble games and just missed the playoffs by like a half a game or a game or something. Monty Williams knows how to coach young guys, and that will be really exciting to watch throughout the season as well. So even if they don't double their win total, like some people think, it will still be a very exciting season for the Pistons, and it will still be worth watching, especially – uh, seeing Cade fully held. Yeah, I, like I said, I I hope they prove me wrong. I I hope they they over you know overplay their expectations, fight for a play in spot, all that kind of stuff. I just am in the the position of 
I've got to see it to believe it. You've got to prove me wrong. And in terms of the line, the the win line, 27, I mean, we've seen some other books move it down. And, you know, I think it at, at another book, it's at, I think, 23 and a half right now. So it's not it's not crazy to be uh, on the underside of that 27 number for, for Prisons wins next year, even if that is disappointing. Yeah, and you know it's it it'll be maybe a little bit disappointing, but at the end of the day, you know, seeing a more competitive team, seeing a team that's not getting blown out at halftime, seeing a team that is putting good teams on the ropes in January and February. I I know these are small moral victories that fans are tired of, and we're certainly tired of it too. But um, you know, it's it's still going to be important to see that growth. Uh, no no matter what, it's still going to be important to see that growth, and. As annoying as it may be, um, as as obnoxious as it may be to say once again, uh, you know, be be patient. It's unfortunately the the best the best route. It is unfortunately again, seeing these young guys grow is going to be is is going to be worth it uh, uh, in its own right. So, um, Aaron, any any other any other. Uh, topics you want to hit to this has been kind of a shorter podcast anything else no i mean you know maybe if there was if kate had been on team usa you know we would have been able to see him play a little bit in in team team usa's exhibition match uh this past weekend but you know just there's not a whole lot of other stuff going on right now we're kind of just in a in a sitting pattern when it comes to anything pistons related it's sort of uh read it, see it and react type of thing. And, you know, outside of this stuff with, with Kate Cunningham, which obviously is great. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, there really hasn't. Um, but, you know, Jasper and I talked a little bit about Dame and the letter uh, from the NBA about how teams or rather players can't just go ahead and say that um, <laughs> they're not going to, play for teams if they're traded to them um you have did you have any thoughts on on that what was the was the nba just kind of saving face or doing their due diligence just to get other teams off their back you know what what's the what is your quick feeling about that there i mean i i would like to see there there be less uh less ability for players to 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 force their way off teams to to sit and not play and still be getting paid I don't like it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the NBA is a business. Players get paid millions of dollars that change lives uh, to, to play a sport. Um, if Damian Lillard's frustrated in Portland, I get that. He can request a trade. He can ask out. That's that's his right. But when it comes to, I'm not going to play, I'm going to request that you trade me to one team. I'm going to tell everyone in the world that I won't play for anyone but that one team to make my trade value uh, diminish. Uh, I think that's bad for basketball. I think it's bad for the NBA. I think it sets a bad precedent. And I think that the NBA at some point, I don't know if this is that point, but at some point they've got to put their foot down. Uh, you know, player empowerment has been good. It's led to, to, to some growth throughout the league and to some changes that have helped the players. But when a player can do this, I think we've gotten to a point where uh, player empowerment in this case is, is, is hurting, not helping the league. 
and the NBA has to to handle this situation properly. Uh, it's it's not a good look if a player can shut himself down, demand a trade, and say he will only play for that one team as publicly as as Lillard and his camp have been about it. Uh, it's it's just not something that the league needs to see happen once. And once it happens for the first time, it's going to happen two, three, four, five, six times, and so on and so forth. So, so the league needs to, to really uh, address this matter strongly. Yeah, both Jasper and I agree that this is just kind of something that the NBA had to do. Um, they had to put that out there. Um they could not afford to just not do anything as, as much as they I'm sure would love to have Damon Miami. Um, you know, they, they also can't be outward about that. So we both agree that they really just had to do it uh, out of necessity. Not that they necessarily believe that, you know, anything is going to come of it, but uh, nor would anybody be uh, nervous to trade for Dame for fear that the NBA is going to do something. Uh, but they, just kind of had to say it, had to go and make a big deal out of it to reinforce that guys can't just force their way to a team. And, you know, the, the player empowerment is obviously very good. Um, and the Supermax has not dissuaded uh, guys from asking out or asking for trades like like the NBA hoped it would. But Adam Silver just kind of had, had, uh, had to do this to uh, keep power uh, in the NBA and, and, and not – um, you know, lose the integrity of the league by guys just asking out and refusing to play if they don't get what they want. So slippery slope. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about day more when and if when that trade happens um, and impacts Eastern Conference. But Aaron, I, I you know, I, I am all out of topics. I, I think we're good for today's podcast. Um, good to have you back, buddy. Looking forward to our fantasy football draft in a couple of weeks. Oh, fantasy football. I'm so excited for football to be back this year. I am I am so ready. I am I'm a big fantasy football guy. Very excited for the league. I did not perform to 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 standard last year. Started off hot and then fell apart. Uh so uh revenge tour coming for 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 team Aaron. No doubt about it. It's it's in the works. So we're gonna have a good draft. We're preparing day in and day out. <laughs> Watching film. Uh you're gonna have to change the name of your Team or else Tim is going to be super annoyed. I get uh, if you're just Team Johnson again. Everyone gets mad at me for that. I just I'm not the guy that has a sheet of 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 you know funny names ready to rock and roll. Like <laughs> I, I just kind of put my feet on the ground and get to work, man. I don't got time for for all the uh, the accessories and stuff. I just want to get ten toes down and work. Right. You just want to get you know results. It doesn't yeah. matter how they come across. You're a results or individual exactly well that's awesome i'm looking forward to our draft i think it's in like 17 days or something um <laughs> donovan won it last year i won it the year before so uh we're we're primed for a new champion this year excited to, excited to take the uh take that mantle from from donovan <laughs> fluke year from him so <laughs> I had a feeling that you'd have a quip to say about Donovan. I, I just had a feeling in the back of my mind that you were going to say something about it. Um, uh, okay. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Palace Business Podcast. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this week, Bet Online. 
And again, if you use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use Bet Online. For my co-host, Aaron Johnson, I'm Mike Inguilano. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network, and we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.